are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always the wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. Um, there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. I got a jam-packed show. As always, we're going to be talking about last night's 13-inning marathon that I actually surprisingly stayed up for. So we're going to recap that game in segment number one. Then in segment number two, we're going to be talking about Caleb Smith coming out of the D-backs lineup. And we got some Chris Devensky news as well. Then in segment three, I'm going to do something I've never done before. We're going to be talking about Bumgarner's start in real time because as I'm recording this, it's the fifth inning, and he's given up five earned runs currently to the Colorado Rockies. So we're going to be discussing his start while I'm live on the air talking to you about the Arizona Dimebacks. So it's going to be the first time that I do that on the pod. But first... If your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want to reach men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondimebacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's get into last night's game because the D-backs won this one in the 13th inning 10 to 8. It was a wild one. If you're not a fan of the runner on second extras, this was the game for you to write about. But before we get to the extra innings, let's first start off with how Luke Weaver did because Luke Weaver had a shaky, it was an up and down start. It was kind of a hard start to really evaluate and say whether it was good or bad. I guess it was kind of neutral because he only allowed three earned runs on four hits. He didn't walk anybody. He went into the sixth inning, pitched five and two-thirds of an inning, uh, three strikeouts, only had 82 pitches as well, retired 12 of his last 13 batters. So when I give you all those stats, you're probably like, well, how the hell did he have a shaky start then? Well, because the three earned runs he gave up, were, of course, all solo home runs, which was a big problem for Luke Weaver in spring training. He gave up a ton of home runs in spring training, and it continued into his first start of the season. Now, he was at Coors Field, one, arguably the greatest you know, hitting ballpark in all baseball, so maybe that had a lot to do with it, the thin air. Balls got out more than usual, but you got to be encouraged that he pitched deep into the ball game. And efficiently to 55 strikes, 82 pitches. So, uh, you know, in a normal, uh, you know, in a normal season, we're not coming off a COVID shortened year. Maybe you let him finish out the inning or maybe it just because uh, we know Luke Weaver struggles the third time through the lineup. But uh, there was very there was some very encouraging signs, at least from that game. Some some things you could take away from that game. But two things I do want to point out. The first two home runs that came off of uh that the first two home runs that Luke Weaver gave up came off his fastball. The third one came off the changeup, and Ryan McMahon was responsible for two of those home runs. And we didn't see 
his curveball last night. I thought that was really important because we talked about his curveball a lot on the pod previously on the on the day before. We talked about his curveball a lot. We talked about how that you know he struggled with that pitch in 2020. It's a pitch he needs to work on. And we didn't see it at all last night. So he only went with three pitches last night. Fastball, changeup, and I believe a cutter. I'd have to check StatCast on that. So don't check me on that one exactly. But his fastball, uh, even though the, the traditional stat line wasn't too bad, his fastball I don't think was great last night. I thought it was good, but it was getting hit kind of hard. And maybe it was because he threw it so often. Because since he didn't throw the curveball, he threw his fastball 60% of the time last night with the average exit velocity of 93. That was up from the 2020 season of 91.5 miles an hour, which of course is a small sample size. We don't have a lot to work with. So in the small sample size, one start his average exit velocity off his fastball was higher than last season but still overall there was some very encouraging signs and maybe in a non-course field setting and chase field it's a better overall start maybe a, a low-key dominant start where he could get back to the 2019 version of luke weaver but he did have a hit in this game an rbi single in the fifth so you love to see that uh, from luke weaver and the d-back started off three nothing after luke weaver gave up three home runs but as i said he retired 12 of the last 13 batters he faced which is always nice but Christian Walker in this game, in the next inning after that Luke Weaver RBI single, he crushed a sinker for a two-run shot to score Ketel Marte to tie the game in the sixth. And then Steven Vogt, who's been pretty solid this year for the D-backs, had his second home run, another two-run shot to score the rookie Geraldo Perdomo. So great offense by the D-backs there to take a 7-5 lead or excuse me, not a 7-5 lead, a 5-3 lead. And uh, I thought that was going to be enough. Crayon and Taylor Clark both had shutdown innings. They were both pretty good in this game. But Alex Young came into this game. He gave up a home run to Ryan McMahon, his third home run of the game. I haven't liked what I've seen from Alex Young so far to start the year. I didn't like what I saw from him in spring training. And he, and he was the only lefty out of the pen until the Caleb Smith news, which we'll get to later. So uh, I, I haven't liked what I've seen from Alex Young so far. And he gave up a home run in that game. The third home run to Ryan McMahon in that game, who absolutely destroyed us to make it one run run ball game and then uh with two outs in the ninth inning uh chris davinsky he was already in the ninth inning he he retired the first two batters it looked like he was having a pretty solid ninth inning and then he gave up a home run with two outs in the ninth and that is what sent it to extras and once we got there uh it was a back and forth battle both the teams scored in the 10th they didn't score in the 11th and then both the teams scored in the 12th and you know with the runner on second it's just so much easier to get that guy home if you're playing small ball baseball a lot of the times in the situations last night at least for the rocky side it seems like they were just hit a fly ball to right field and then just hit another fly ball to score the runner i think the d-backs even did that uh once as well but in the 13th inning, D-backs actually just broke open the game. They scored three runs in the 13th. And in the bottom of the 11th, we saw Matt Peacock enter the game. And he was absolute dynamite. The guy we talked about yesterday on the pod, his first time coming into uh, you know a big league setting, his MLB debut came in in the bottom of the 11th. And he went three innings, allowed one hit. He gave up two runs, but they were unearned because of the runner and second rule. And he even had a hit and scored a run himself. So it was a great debut by Matt Peacock. He became the first pitcher since Mariano Pirietti of the 1945 Washington Senators to get the win and a hit while making his debut in an extra inning game. So great job by Matt 
Peacock last night. And all of a sudden, you can make the case that he's, what, the second best pitcher on this D-backs roster? Probably not. Stephon Crying and Taylor Clark still have an argument. But right now, I think I'm riding with Taylor Widener as the best pitcher on this Dimebacks roster. And then Peacock is in the mix for that top three, honestly, after Widener. So I want to see more Matt Peacock. I want to see what this guy can do. Uh, maybe he even has starter potential. That's why I've talked about a little bit on yesterday's pod. So I'm excited for the future of Matt Peacock and seeing what else he can do because he was dynamite last night. He wasn't doing anything crazy, but he came in and he got the job done, which is what the D-backs really needed going to extra innings uh, with uh, a short bullpen because of, you know they've been using their bullpen so much because these starters don't go deep into ball games. So good job by Matt Peacock in his MLB debut. Now we'll get into that Caleb Smith news, but first I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can and Built Bars are great for me because they trick me. I think that I'm eating a protein bar when in reality I'm actually eating, uh, uh, well, they trick me because I think I'm eating a candy bar, I should say, when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Buskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. And let's talk about Caleb Smith uh, being taken out the rotation because uh, I'm surprised the D-backs did this. I, I'm totally in favor of the move. I think it's definitely the right move. I haven't liked that at all what I've seen from Caleb Smith so far this season. Uh, he has not been good. I was kind of impressed with him last year. Even though he didn't pitch a lot last season, he was effective in the short time he did pitch. I believe he had a sub-3 ERA last year, but he was working his way back from covid uh, wasn't pitching a ton of innings, and it was a pretty small sample size. So I was giving him the benefit of the doubt entering the 2021 season, but in spring training, he did not look good. A lot of home runs allowed, a lot of walks, did have a lot of strikeouts too, but everyone just kept comparing him to one name, and the name that gives me the biggest headache when I go back and think about the D-backs the last two seasons, and that is Robbie Ray. And I do not want another starter in that rotation that's going to do what Robbie Ray did. He'll get you a lot of strikeouts, but he's going to throw a lot of pitches, walk a lot of dudes, and give up a lot of home runs. And that's exactly what Caleb Smith did uh, in his first start against the Padres because he was just not good in that first start against the Padres. 
He uh, let me rattle off some numbers for Caleb Smith from that first start because he allowed four runs, three earned runs, five hits, walk three, and three innings of work. So he didn't even go deep into that ball game. And if you guys follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 or at Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram, you guys would have saw my tweet where I tweeted out, I believe in the second inning, that I didn't even believe Caleb Smith was going to make it through three innings of that ball game. And my suspicions were correct because I could just tell by watching him. He was just erratic up there on the mound. His pitchers were all over the place. He was missing way left to the outside, especially to right-handed batters, and he did not look good. And the hard hit percentage of Padres hitters in that game was 60%. They were absolutely crushing that ball uh, against Caleb Smith, especially that fastball slider combination that had an exit velocity of over 100 miles an hour on average on both those pitches, the fastball slider. And Padres hitters, they had the sweet spot 70% of the time which means they had a launch angle between 8 and 32 degrees against Caleb Smith, and they were just teeing off. Hard hit percentage, exit velocity, sweet sweet spot percentage, all the advanced stats you baseball nerds love. Caleb Smith was absolutely getting destroyed by them in that start against the Padres. So uh, I think this was the right move to do it. Now, who is going to replace Caleb Smith in the rotation? We don't exactly know yet. Zach Gallon has been pitching at the alternate site. He looks like he's getting close. Uh, Tori Lovello has talked about how he still has to pass a couple tests before he makes his way into the rotation. But for Friday, at least, Taylor Widener will start the home opener on Friday against the Reds. So I'm glad to see Taylor Widener still out there. I think I'm going to pick him up in my fantasy league and see what happens. I'm kind of nervous about that, but I'm going to ride with Taylor Widener in my fantasy league and hopefully it works out. But this is what Toy Lovello had to say about Caleb Smith coming out of the rotation. We're looking for him to be a little bit more consistent, and we feel like this will give him the opportunity to go down in the bullpen and work on a couple of things. So a real quick quote from Toy Lovello. And the real reason, as I mentioned earlier, why this is kind of a big move is because Alex Young was the only lefty in the D-backs bullpen. Just think about that. The only lefty in the D-backs bullpen. So Caleb Smith is now going to be the second lefty out there, and I want to see how they're going to use him out the bullpen. Uh, I don't want to see him in any high leverage situations, even though we talked about yesterday on the pod about how the D-back starters were actually above average in high leverage moments through the first five innings of a ball game. But I don't want Caleb Smith in the seventh or eighth inning of a uh, of a one or two run ball game because I, I would just wetting bullets if that happened. So I don't want to see that happen. Uh, I don't want to see Caleb Smith coming anywhere near high leverage moments. And I'm glad he's out the rotation because he, listen, when I talk about these players, these players sometimes. Uh, but they're all making, you know, uh, most of them are making millions of dollars, if not at least hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I don't feel too bad ripping these players when they have bad performances because they're getting to pitch effectively, pitch well, or if it's a batter or pursuits who are, you know, multi-million dollar players, if it's warranted, I'm not going to rip dudes just for the sake of ripping, but Caleb Smith definitely deserves to be ripped a little bit because he hasn't uh, really pitched or performed backs uh, in the last I don't want to say the last year because he was fine in the 2020 season and we didn't get a large sample size, but he definitely hasn't been fine in spring training or the regular season to start, even though it was only one start. So I'm glad the D-backs went with the quick leash and pulled him uh, quickly because uh, if the D-backs want to have any shot 
of being competitive this year and making the postseason, I, I don't think you can have Caleb Smith in your rotation. Now, I do want to get to Chris Davinsky before we wrap up segment number two because he was placed on the restricted list ahead of Wednesday's matchup against the Colorado Rockies. We're not really sure why. It, we, it was told for personal reasons. Tori Lovello is going to make a statement about it after the Rockies game, so we'll wait on news about that and probably talk about it on tomorrow's pod. But they selected 10-year veteran Anthony Swarzak from the alternate training site. He made an appearance in spring training. So we'll see what happens with Chris Davinsky. We'll see how Anthony performs uh, in the wake of his absence. But uh, I don't know if that's a big loss for the D-backs because Chris Davinsky hasn't performed too well. Uh, he, he's given up a few earned runs in his outings uh he gave up one against the padres he gave up a home run last night that sent into that sent it two extra innings when he already had two outs in the ninth he 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 had a shot to be the closer with joaquin soria allen so far every mike hazen offseason signing is just going down with injuries one after another and Chris Davinsky wasn't even a major league signing I believe he was a minor league signing at the time but he cracked the major league roster but now Tyler Clippard shut down for six weeks we see Joaquin Soria placed on the injured list and now Chris Davinsky placed on the restricted list and we don't know exactly why so uh, curious to see what the information is on him but so far so far, the offseason signings for Mike Hazen has not turned out too well, except for Jubal Cabrera. I've really liked what I've seen from him, honestly, at the plate. Uh, right now, uh, Eduardo Espar has got to keep his head on a swivel because Jubal Cabrera is coming for his job. And if Perdomo gets that bat going as well, then Eduardo Escobar might get the Caleb Smith treatment and be uh, sent to the bench and start being more of a platoon player. But we'll see what happens with Eduardo Escobar because it's still early in the season and he can still break out of his early season slump to react in real action and we got some big injury news coming out of that game as i'm watching it live as well so first i want to talk to you guys about bet online because bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports football might be over but nba college and nhl are in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's discuss Madison Bumgarner's start because I believe he's out the game for good reason. It was not good, Madison Bumgarner. Once again, Madison Bumgarner in this game, let me pull up his stats because my computer is acting a little bit slow right now. And actually, uh, as I'm talking, Caleb Smith is in to replace Madison Bumgarner, so that's kind of funny. Uh, he gets option to the bullpen today and immediately uh, becomes the out the bullpen. 
uh, when Madison Bumgarner gets taken out. But Madison Bumgarner able to go five innings in this game. Gave up five earned runs, though. Eight hits, only two walks, four strikeouts. And he had 99 pitches through five innings. So he was laboring. And another start where he gives up a lot of earned runs. Uh, he had a triple, gave up a triple to score Hampson in the first, gave up a, a, a Cron double to score Owings in the third, a Fuentes single to score Cron and McMahon, or just to score Cron, McMahon to second in the third, Hampson single to score Dodd in the fourth, and then an Owings double to deep right center to score Hampson in the fourth as well. So he gave up a five earned runs in his start. And Madison Bumgarner, of course, has not looked like anything the guy we paid for uh, when we thought we were getting uh, an ace from the San Francisco Giants. And that just not has happened yet this season. And when looking at uh, his stat cast from today, because we could track in real time Madison Bumgarner's stat cast from today, a lot of uh, high exit velocities when looking at Madison Bumgarner's stat cast. Uh, yeah, a lot of hard hits, of course, given up by Madison Bumgarner. That triple off the bat was 103 miles per hour. And let's just look at the five highest ones uh, against Madison Bumgarner because that Chris Owings double in the fourth, 103.9 miles per hour off the bat. Uh, the Chris Owings double in the third inning, 103.7 miles per hour, uh, miles per hour off the bat. The Chris Owings triple in the first inning, 103.1 miles per hour off the bat. Josh Fuentes single, 102.8 miles per hour off the bat. And then Madison Bumgarner's, uh, he had a ground out just to Trevor Story, but still 102 miles per hour off the bat. And then after that, a single and a double as well uh, against Hampson and Cron. Those are both 100 miles those are both over 100 miles per hour off the bat in terms of exit velocity. So if we just count it up, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven batters had at least an egg had at least an exit velocity of 101 or higher against Madison Bumgarner. And still, when you look at his pitch velocity in that game as well, if we look at his five hardest thrown pitches in the game, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, he topped out at 91.1 miles per hour. And if you actually look at how many pitches he threw above 90, you can easily count it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so I'm not going to keep counting. So it was actually a lot more above 90 than I thought, but none faster than 91.3, uh, 91.1 miles per hour. So still Madison Bumgarner sitting in the low 90s, and that's all. It's his four-seam fastball, of course, but he did throw one slider above 90 miles an hour. He, or excuse me, actually he did not. That's actually Antonio Senzintella who threw that slider. So I was about to get pretty giddy for Madison Bumgarner and say he at least had one uh, slider that, you know, above 90 but no Madison Bumgarner his fastball is still topping out at 90 miles per hour and yeah that's okay uh, your fastball can top out at 91 miles per hour as we always say if you're a location pitcher and if you're working the the corners like a Zach Greinke or Clayton Kershaw but Madison Bumgarner has not been able to do that and he's not been able to reinvent himself and as we saw today he's gonna get crushed in a lot of these games and he wasn't even getting clobbered by home runs or or balls off the wall but Still hard contact, still hard, uh, still hard balls off the bat with a pretty high exit velocity. And for Bumgarner, he just can't locate well. And a lot of times, he just leaves it over the middle of the plate, which is just gonna kill him every time. He, he's not 
throwing hard enough to just get it by dudes. And so that's just not working out for Madison Bumgarner in any kind of way. And if you just look at his uh, pitch count in this game, he threw 39 cutters, 39 fastballs, and he had 19 curveballs and just two changeups. So he went very cutter, uh, four seam heavy. And then he threw in that curveball as the off speed pitch to break it up a little bit. But it wasn't working out for Madison Bumgarner in this game. His curveball had an exit velocity of 99.2 miles per hour in this game. So his curveball was absolutely getting crushed in this game, as we see with a lot of Madison Bumgarner's games. Because if you miss with that curveball, it's just going to be hanging in the upper part of the plate. And that's what happened today with a few doubles. No home runs, at least, given up by Madison Bumgarner. But still some hard contact off the bat. But we also mentioned that there was some... Big injury news in this one because as I was about to do segment number three, Ketel Marte was running down to first. And by the time you guys hear this, you guys are already going to know what's happened because he was running down to first and it looked like he pulled his hamstring, couldn't even make it to first base uh, before he had to start uh, hopping basically on one leg. And he didn't even touch the bag because he had to just go down and just grab the back of his leg immediately. And he was limping off the field, needed two people to help him get off the field. And if Ketel Marte is going down, yes, Zach Allen's going to be back soon, but Ketel Marte is another guy who we who can't be out for an extended period of time the way that injury looked i don't want to speculate or anything we'll talk about it on tomorrow's pod if we get a better prognosis of how long Ketel Marte is going to be out for but this dude has been a stud so far for the d-backs he's 0 for 3 tonight but on the season 462 average 500 obp 846 slugging those numbers are redonkulous and he's been arguably the best player in baseball this season. He's been a true MVP candidate in baseball this season. So the D-backs are missing Ketel Marte for an extended period of time. Uh, This season is going to get out of whack pretty quickly, even though it probably already has started to get out of whack, especially when we're getting outings like that from Madison Bumgarner. But now, no Zach Allen. We don't know when he's going to... We don't know when he's going to be coming back. It should be pretty soon, but there's still no timetable yet. Now... He's going to be coming back probably pretty soon, but now we're going to have Ketel Marte out the lineup for an extended period of time. The D-backs just can't catch a break. This rotation desperately needs uh, 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 Zach Gallon to be back at his Cy Young caliber self, but now with Ketel Marte out the lineup, uh, this offense is going to struggle even more than as because uh, there's not too many people I trust in this lineup right now based off this season. So right now, it might be a time to start the youth movement a little bit more. We've already seen a Geraldo Perdomo make his major Josh Rojas. He's another young guy who's getting a lot of playing time. So it might be, uh, you know, some time to those young outfielders from the minor leagues, a Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, Alec Thomas, whoever you want to bring up because Ketel Marte was playing center field every day. And yes, you could just use Tim LaCastro. Alhoun could be coming back soon. But the Z-back season starts to spiral out of control. Might as well call a prospect. Uh, this D-backs team doesn't seem like they're going anywhere in the near future. Now that's it. As always, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24, at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll be talking about that Ketel Marte and more about today's game. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!